You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Around the Table with Brenda Harkins. That's me. And this is a place where real people like me and you just gather our courage to share the real and raw stories that have shaped us. Those stories that shape our convictions and influence our choices. You may not agree with all the perspectives you hear, but here's the beautiful thing. Around the table, understanding does not require agreement. So pull up a chair, enjoy the journey with us here around the table. And today we have our guest, Amanda Dominguez. I am so excited for you to hear her story. Amanda is a beautiful young woman that I have had the honor of knowing for goodness, hell no, close to a decade. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And she is, she's an educator. She is a passionate lover of people and of God. She's an encourager. She's so many things, and you're going to get to hear her story and hear from her in a minute. Welcome, Amanda. I'm really, really glad you're here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be able to share my story. I'm excited to see what what the Lord does. Me too. And really, when you say share my story, you have a lot of stories, oh, right? So <laughs> we all have a lot of stories, and mm-hmm. and each of the stories that we have shape choices that we make in our lives and decisions that we make. And mm-hmm. so, the, some of the things you're going to share are what that has looked like for you. And so, we're just hoping for our audience as you listen to this that. It'll remind you of some stories that you have lived through and why you've made some choices, good or bad, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, those bad choices teach us just as much. Yep. And so, yeah, I just, I want to start off by asking you just to talk about, I know that growing up for many years, you thought you would be a pediatrician. Mm -hmm. That was a big deal to you. Talk, talk about that for me. Well, I knew as a little girl that I always, like, I always loved kids. I wanted to help kids. I wanted to work with kids in one way or another. I was always, like, so excited to be a mom. And I found out early when I was in eighth grade that I was diagnosed with a condition called Turner's syndrome where, you know, women have two X chromosomes, men have an X and a Y. And what Turner's is, is it's a partial chromosomal deletion of one of the X's. Some people have just one X, but my case is very rare. So I'm extremely blessed and grateful and lucky. So I knew once I found that out, even at a very young age that I wanted to work with kids and, you know, you figure you're going to be a doctor. You want to make money. So why not be a pediatrician? (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Right. So as a sophomore in high school, I had a teacher. I've had a couple teachers who were major influences, but this teacher, her name was Miss Du Bois. She would always ask me, what do you want to be when you get older? 
And she's the one that got me to go to this program called College Summit, where they taught you, hey, doesn't matter where you're at, you have the opportunity to get an education and we're going to help you get out of your own way and that way teach you the things you need to know to get the money to help you with applications and FAFSA and all those things. And every time I tell her I wanted to be a pediatrician and one day in class, she says in front of the whole class, every single time I've asked Amanda what she's wanted to be, she said a pediatrician. She goes, I'll bet you money that one day she's going to be a teacher. (laughs) And here I am. She was Oh my gosh, she was so right. So, okay, uh, about that, you said that she saw something in you Mm -hmm. that you didn't see in yourself. Mm -hmm. Was there more than just, oh, I bet she's going to be a teacher? I think she saw the way that I was with other students. I, I think we don't see things in ourselves a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. and especially when you're young you don't know what you're capable of until you actually do it. Right. And I think she saw so many things about me, the qualities that you would need in a teacher. So I think she saw that I'm patient and that I tend to get along with most people that I meet. I am even when I was younger and I always kept myself busy, helped me stay out of trouble which, you know, teachers are always busy. They got to stay out of trouble. So, yeah, I think she saw a few of those things in me and that that I was helpful because that has definitely got to be one of the strengths of a teacher. You have to want to help. And so yeah. on the Enneagram, I'm a two helper. <laughs> you already know that. <laughs> so yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So one of the things that I know that you have discovered about yourself, mm-hmm. like a, a statement or whatever, is that you're called to help others mm-hmm. rise out of diversity, mm-hmm. adversity, not diversity, rise from adversity. Yeah. I mean, like as a pediatrician, obviously you, you would be doing that on a physical you know, on that physical spectrum, getting them over things. But here you are. Mm -hmm. Your teacher was right. (laughs) She was so right. (laughs) You have gone through college, got your master's, and you are teaching. How are you helping others rise? Man. Through adversity. Teachers help. We see so many things. We see so many things. I would say those, exactly what she did. I look for those things that kids don't see in themselves, especially those that struggle, whether it be relationally, emotionally, academically. I look at them and I'm like, try to find that opportunity. I speak life into them. I think, I know you can do this. Let me help you. Let's break it down. Let's just start right here. I get them started. You know, I've had some students that have been, you know, shared things with me that, you know, that they didn't want to share with, with other people. And they, they felt that they were okay in that space. Like 
I know you're not doing your work. What's really going on? What's going on? I had one student one year when I was teaching fourth grade. She said, you have no idea what's going on at home. So you can't understand. And I was taken back by that. Mm. And so I really made it a priority to make sure that I get to know my students and I right off the bat share a little bit of my story, a little bit of my background. You know, school wasn't easy for me. And when I share things, my family life growing up was far from perfect. It was so, full so of adversity. that maybe t- take a minute full of adversity. You rose yourself from from a place and through a place of adversity. Mm-hmm. And so that, I mean, did that inspire you to? Oh, a hundred percent. I know. So what did that look like for you? Well, some of the adversities, my mom struggled with addiction. My dad struggled with alcohol when I was really young. My, my grandparents, passed away very tragically from my dad's side. And, you know, I didn't know how to process it. When that happened, when my grandparents passed away, I was in fifth grade. And my mom, from a very young age, was in and out. I think starting in third grade was when she started being in and out of my life Mm. for months, sometimes years at a time. And I just knew that if I didn't want to be the same way, that I had to make different choices. When did you know that? You know, now we're going back to another teacher, my fifth grade teacher, who I'm still in contact with. Um, His name is Ron. And he, when my grandparents died, I acted out. I hit another kid with a stick. I played a practical joke. And I... um, you know, I gave another kid X lax. I was a bad kid. <laughs> I was a bad kid. And another girl, I made her cry because I made a yo mama joke. But, you know, looking back at it, looking back at it, I didn't know how to handle what was going on, you know. And my teacher, he just told me, he said, what's going on? He said, I know this and this happened. I know your grandparents aren't here, but that is no reason for you to treat somebody else that way. He says, you have three strikes and you're out. And those were my three strikes. And I lost my fifth grade field trip. And I think that tough, that tough love saying that I don't care about your circumstances. I do, but I don't, but you can't let them define you or stop you from living to your full potential. And you cannot allow those circumstances to dictate how you treat other people. The, that's what his actions. That was to me. that was the main thing. That was him saying thing. you can't you can't allow this that mm-hmm. happened to you to dictate who you are. Mm-hmm. Because he did show that he, he obviously he mm-hmm. showed that he did care about you, mm-hmm. or you would not all these years later still be in contact with him and calling him by his first name. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's 
I, I think about it and it's sometimes when I would have a tough day, I would call them and be like, this is your fault that I'm in this profession. You know that, right? What should I do? <laughs> but, uh, but the yeah. impact, the mm-hmm. impact of people who care. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, it, it set up a trajectory you didn't even know you were on at the time. Right. And that's what you're doing now. That's what you're doing. Like, how does that feel? That's what you're doing for others. You know, I didn't think, because teaching is such a hard profession. At first, I didn't think, I was like, man, I don't know if I can stick this out. My first two years teaching, my first year was in special. I'd had some tough kids. My, and then I got my master's. I was doing my master's at the same, my first and second year teaching. So I was overwhelmed. I didn't know if I could do it, but I pushed through and the fact that I can influence, which is why I wanted to go to middle school. I can influence young people when they're at that point in their lives. Well, Hey, I have to start thinking about high school and maybe what I want to do when I get older. Mm -hmm. I can bring those things out of them and speak life into them and set them up with an opportunity so they can feel success academically, whatever it is, giving them accountability or giving them that tough love and giving them consequences when they need it. Right. Just being there to listen, to understand when they're acting out rather than reacting. And I, you know, when you, when you have kids that come up to you this, this past year, I had a student from two years ago, he was helping at one of our, our open house. And he said, you know, Miss Dominguez, you giving us all the stuff that we had to do and we had to do on our own, it really prepared me. And this was a student I wasn't even like <laughs> super focused on thinking that he needed help, but I'm like, but to hear those words and, and when they, when the kids come back, it's, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my last year teaching fourth grade too, I'm in touch with one of my students' parents and his mom just told me, she was like, you have no idea the amount of confidence that you gave him. Mm. Like he, this is what I know he could be, but this confidence that he has this year is, I, I have not seen it in him. So thank you. And yeah, it's, Boy, it, it does. That it makes it worth it, Dennis. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> it makes it worth it, but it's also what was poured into you. Exactly. That set you up on the path you're on. You are now able to pour that out. Yeah. And set them up on whatever path God's got for them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's really, really beautiful. I want to talk for just a minute about grit. Because grit, (laughs) it's a theme that I have heard from you for Mm -hmm. many years now. And someday you're going to have a book that you're going to write about grit. (laughs) Um, It's been deep inside of you. And what you have said is that it it is God inside of us that is our greatness and our grit. Yeah. How has God inside of you been your grit? You know, if I think back from, again, being young, my, all the things that I went through, and even as hard as things were, my dad was like, 
you deal with the consequences and you move on. You just deal with the consequences and move on. You just have to do it. And all the teachers that spoke into my life and, you know, their actions influenced my life. You just, you just can't stop. Eventually this too shall pass. And I think that there would be no darker place than to quit. Mm -hmm. I just, and I feel like God through those circumstances that I've gone through has shown me, look, you're going to get to the other side. There's a silver lining. I have good plans for you. And, you know, he sends you the people you need in the seasons to get you through it. Right. Another teacher who I went to school with to be a teacher that I also worked with my friend Mandy during the master's program. She's the one that helped me push through. She was like, nope, we're doing this together. We're doing it as a cohort. And, you know, I've had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity that God has given me to practice grit <laughs> and, and I see its value and I see that, that God has done that. And, you know, some of my darkest times were before I gave my life to the Lord. I was in school at college, you know, 300 miles away from home. I was struggling financially, emotionally, relationally, all the way. Didn't have money. Was academically, I was struggling and, you know, and, and, but God, he came in my story. Basically I went home. God spoke to me at a church. I knew it was him. Didn't know what to do next. Some people were doing outreach at a, at a fraternity party that I was at and they, you know, God was like, enough, enough for your mind. So let's do this together. And they stepped in these people that were at the fraternity party. Yeah. They stepped in and asked you a few questions mm -hmm. that caused you to think about what am I what doing? I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. What am I doing with my life? The, the classic, what's your major? And, but then they cared, right? I mean, yes. like they really cared and they went deeper and yep. they, they were after more than just what's your major. Right. Yeah. So definitely right. wanted to show me the love of Jesus. Yeah. And you've seen, I, I have heard that as a theme throughout your life mm. of people who would ask you a question, but were really going deeper, whether it was a teacher or whether it was these students yeah, God just sends people our way when we need him to help set us up for the, the purposes and plans that he's got. And and you're doing that for others now. And I just, I love that. This The, the people you're talking about that <laughs> interrupted the fraternity party with their <laughs> questions about who you are and what you're doing, was it that same year that you went on the missions trip? that you uh no that was I went on a missions trip gosh was it three maybe three years after that four years after that okay. somewhere around okay. there and I All went right. to I got the opportunity to go to Guatemala when I moved back home I continued following Jesus went to church with um my sister and my now brother-in-law and um yeah I just 
you said that on that missions trip, you had never felt more guilty and more privileged at the same time. Yes, a hundred percent. Because we, when we went on this mission trip, we went to Guatemala. We went to a few different places. We were with a ministry called Charlie's Lunch. And with this ministry, we got a half a day where we got to stay, like spend half a day at a small resort. And I'm sitting at this resort and there's a hot tub, there's a pool, you know, (laughs) we're overlooking Lake Octoclan with all the volcanoes. And I'm thinking, these people, we're giving these kids food and they have to bring their own cup. There's a five-year-old taking care of his two-year-old little brother or sister walking through the muddy, the muddy ground and coming to get food. And here I am doing this. Mm. Felt very it felt big chasm between the two worlds, right? Such a big chasm. Yeah. For sure. And I just sat there and I and these thoughts are going through my head. And I'm in the hot tub by myself, and then one of my friends joins, and I'm just sitting there, and she sees me, she sees me crying, my friend Laura, and and she's like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I I I don't deserve this." And she goes, "Yes, you do." And I'm like, "But how?" And I just I wrestled with this in my mind, and what I think God was ultimately speaking to me was that you always need to be grateful wherever you're at, no matter where you're at. And to see the opposite end of how people live and while you're there helping them, then you go and you're on the high end with great food, sitting in a hot tub, relaxing with a beautiful scenery. It's, it is a, it is definitely a war. Yeah. And tumbling isn't it it? was extremely humbling to the point where and i'm sure many missions missionaries feel this or and first time anybody goes on a mission trip it's like we are so spoiled yeah us americans yeah and so i really felt that that again that war going on with that and so it did it humbled me and what it did was make me very grateful for where I am at all times to me, just those kids being able to know that they were going to be okay, even just in that moment. And they get to have fun us playing with them, you know, giving them toys and some soup and, you know, water and whatever we gave them and get to throw around a football or color and, just the fact that they were so grateful, it's worth it because they think, okay, these Christian people, they showed love to me. That alone is worth it because we can't take anything with us to heaven but souls. <laughs> so, so, so this carries over this, this feeling of gratefulness and the importance of gratefulness is something that I think that I see in you and that I hear you and in, in just things that you tell me being how you help others 
flip situations and see what there is to be grateful for. You Mm -hmm. do this with your students, I think, probably quite a bit. Yeah. I, you know, learning what I've learned, you know, um, as a teacher and being in the environments I've been in too, you know, it's not even just for the students, but coworkers. Yeah. It's easy in any environment to complain about it, especially the profession of teaching. But we get to. I like that. But we get to. We get to impact lives. You know, I, you know, teacher salary isn't great, but the place where I am at has amazing people that help each other win. And (laughs) I have, out of all the places I have taught, I feel like that is the best thing is we help each other win. And I, I guess I am. I am grateful. And so I want to, I want others to get a taste of that. Yeah. I want others to see what they have in front of them. And in them getting a taste of that, knowing that I am a Christian, I would hope that, you know, they would, they would say, Hey, like she really represented Jesus. Well, that is Jesus inside of her. I hope that it's him inside of me doing the work and the motive. It's him that keeps the grit going because trust me, there's times when you don't want to. Well, you're planting wonderful seeds. You're planting seeds every day. And, uh, Amen. I love what you're doing. I love hearing your stories. I love seeing what God's done in your life. And I thank you so much for sharing some of those things with the audience today. And hope that this has helped some of you just maybe jog some memories of some teachers or some people in your life that made a difference. Who, who are those people who spoke hope or life or encouragement to you when when you needed it the most. Remember what they said, because more than likely, that's the truth you need to hang on to right now. So thanks for being with us around the table today. And I look forward to having you join us on the next episode. Amanda, thank you so much for being a course, part. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah. Bless you.